Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Amen. People look for justice, but they can't find it. They pray for peace, but wars go on. There's no obvious solution. Justice is an ideal that's simply unobtainable. Peace, no more than a prayer. Men offer solutions to these problems and gain disciples, but in time, their solutions are seen as useless. Injustice remains. Violence destroys peace. There will never be perfect justice in this world. Corrupt politicians aren't corrupt because they're politicians. Corrupt politicians are corrupt because of their corrupt and sinful nature, which they're born with, like you are, like I am. And while it is true that some kinds of governments are better than others, there is no human government that can administer perfect justice. Even if God were to send legions of angels down from heaven to govern us so that perfect justice could be administered, there would still be no peace on earth. The reason is that war, crime, rebellion, fighting, and every other form of violence in this world isn't really a reaction against injustice. It's rather the reflection of the sin that is deep within our hearts. The reason we don't have justice is the self-same reason we don't have peace. We are sinners. We can neither govern ourselves nor submit to the government in such a way that would result in the ever-elusive peace and justice that every new generation of idealists thinks is just right there around the corner. If only our kind of people were to obtain power in this world, that's the one thing we're lacking, then these great gifts would be ours. But then, While the ivy tower dreamers long after what they can't have or experience in this life, the definitive act of justice has already secured everlasting peace. That definitive act has already taken place. It stands at the very center of all of human history. Everything revolves around it. Everything hinges upon this act. Justice there was done. Peace, in fact, established. It looks, for all intents and purposes, as the very worst injustice it looks like meaningless violence, but appearances can be seen. 
in actual fact. When our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, justice and peace were done perfectly, permanently. Consider Christ's words from the cross that we spoke at the beginning of the service this evening. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words would have been recognized by every Jewish boy and girl, man and woman, as the very first words of Psalm 22, a psalm written by King David and used by the Old Testament church in her worship. It sounds like the cry of David or others who have suffered and wondered at their suffering. But of course, in the mouths of Christians, it isn't a cry to be taken literally, because God can't forsake his children. We remember that David also writes the 27th Psalm. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. When David wrote the 22nd Psalm, he wasn't writing about himself or his own troubles, but was describing the suffering of the promised Savior. Notice the clarity of the prediction that God gives David to write. Centuries before death by crucifixion was even dreamed up, David wrote these words of the suffering Savior. They pierced my hands and my feet. Surely David couldn't have known the implications of what he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. But we we know. We remember this night that our Lord was nailed to the cross. Cold iron, cold, dead iron, passing through our Lord's warm, living flesh. Hands and feet pierced. Soldiers casting lots for his garments, mocking him. And throughout this seemingly tragic episode of cruel injustice and thoughtless violence, in this, God is doing justice and he is making peace. saying just a moment ago, tell me, ye who hear his groaning, was there ever grief like his? Friends through fear his cause disowning, foes insulting his distress. Many hands were raised to wound him, none would interpose to save. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice Consider the cost of this justice. See the price of peace here. God grant that we not forget. There was only one way for the injustice of mankind to be replaced by the justice of God. 
And that is that God himself had to become a man to do it. He had to do justice, and he did it. That's not so hard, I don't think, for people to see. In fact, many of the political idealists would point to Jesus as one of their own, because they can see that that great teacher, what they admire him for, that great teacher yearns for justice. He always does what is right. Cares about the poor. He has a pity for the dispossessed. He doesn't advocate violence against the state. They admire him because he speaks truth to power and does so without flinching from the cost. The righteous life of Jesus is something that everyone with a conscience must admire. But the place they turn their heads away, the place they avert their eyes, is as they see this man suffering, this just man, as if he were an unjust man. It is precisely where justice is done that those who say they want justice turn away in the horror of the cost of it. But don't you turn away. Look to your Savior. See him. Listen to him crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See what is happening here in these final moments of our Lord's life. Not look away. Who is this? Who is this man hanging on the cross asking such a question? My God, oh my God, why have you forsaken me? Who is this man who is forsaken by God? He is you. He is taking your place. See yourself hanging there. See yourself facing justice in these hours. See yourself hanging there, paying for all of your sins, every one of them, even the ones you can't remember. He certainly remembers them all. Bears them all. was forsaken in his suffering because of the sins you and I have committed. And all of those sins cry out for divine retribution, and there on the cross, right here, that's meted out. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cries out to his God, not to some other's God or family. The Father and the Son are one. And while the Son is God, fully God, in his humanity he calls the Father my God. Yet it is in the person of Jesus Christ that is 
in his full humanity and in his full divinity, that he cries out these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can't understand this. Challenging to find the words to say it. God, in this moment, forsook God. God forsook his dearly beloved Son and does this because he doesn't want to forsake you forever. Every evil thing that you have ever done or thought, every evil thing that you have said, every evil thing that someone else has done to you, every evil word that someone has spoken about you, either to your face or behind your back, every wicked thought that has been thought about you, all placed on Christ Jesus. And the Holy God here in this moment, in light of all of that, and his Son there, bearing all of these for your sake, turns his holy face away from them, forsakes his beloved Son. The Father who loves his Son the Father who taught the whole world to honor him had laid on him the world's sin. And in him, in that dearly beloved Son, he punishes that sin by forsaking his eternal Son as the representative, as the substitute for all of humanity. You and I, yes, should be there. But behold, Christ Jesus the propitiation for our sins. In our day, we often hear the phrase, no justice, no peace. Truer words have never been spoken. Only where Jesus meets the demands of justice for us in our stead is God at peace. nothing against us. In Christ Jesus, that is, in him and through him, for Jesus' sake alone, the holy God is at peace with us sinful men. Shockingly, totally unfair, completely true. God's anger has been already poured out on Jesus, his son. Jesus, he has been forsaken. God cannot forsake those who put their trust in Jesus because Jesus has already been forsaken for them. He has already removed God's anger. He has already achieved peace. He has already met the demands of divine justice fully. Finally, for all. My God, my God, why have you forsaken? 
tradition sometimes asks this question, but it really is always a false question, no matter how true it may seem. It's only fully true for Jesus Christ. It cannot be true for his Christians. Christians do doubt. Their doubts can become severe times. These doubts originate in the sinful heart that cannot learn to trust God. But these doubts cannot be removed by sheer will. They can only be removed by God's power, and that power is in the gospel. The gospel is not a message of what God wants you to do for him so that you may be at peace with him. The gospel is the message, the very good, very great news, that God himself, he has done this. He himself has already made peace with you, peace with me, peace, in fact, with the whole world when he forsakes his son upon the cross. There, in this, true justice produces an everlasting and true peace. The modern man has very little use for this bloody, sacrificial death of Jesus. That God would pour out his wrath on his innocent son? That's like divine child abuse, right? That God would even require some kind of bloody sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. This continues to cause deep distress among all of the religious elites that live in a world without such brutal requirements. The preaching of the cross will always offend the religious sensibilities of the supposedly wise. Supposedly wise because they are not wise in the ways of God. They're wise in the ways of the world. No true wisdom there. This is why we set aside all of our human wisdom. And we find true justice, real peace, in God forsaking his son in our place. There is a divine logic that we can apply in every need. When we in our repentance find no peace within, when we confess our sins to God, but those sins still falsely accuse us, but nevertheless, hope and pray. And we begin to wonder that God has left us God has forgotten us, if he has turned his back on us, if he has forsaken us. Here is the logic on which we rest our very souls and find true peace. Are you ready? God has already forsaken Jesus in my place. So he will never forsake me, ever. Grant us faith to believe.
this too far in there. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus to life everlasting.